2: Late night anger management class. This is sports rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi Throwing it down, Twisted Tuesday style. Andrew McInnes from Wager Talk will step up. And it's the Daily Double tonight. We had Steve Merrill. Now we're going to get Andrew McInnes. Um, we'll see what McKinnis likes on the college hardwood tomorrow, if anything. Uh, he'll do better than I did uh, today. Dear God, I think somebody's got a voodoo doll uh, out there. Someone's got a voodoo doll. Last week, they were putting like pins in my back. And I'm actually going to a chiropractor tomorrow. Uh, once again, uh, I'm actually feeling much better. Not that too many people care or ask me, uh, but it's a cold world, isn't it? Uh, but I am feeling a lot better now. I just need to start winning again. All right, that's what I got. I just got to start winning again, and uh, then everything will be fine. <laughs> All right? Everything will be fine. But I've really, I've been screwed over. I've lost in a lot of different weird ways. I've been way off with some college totals. College basketball is Russian roulette to begin with. You know, Grand Canyon was a nice pick this evening. Kansas was a screw job. Um, Fortunately, one thing that, you know, saved us from uh, total depletion, the Seattle Sounders. Let's go Sounders. Sounders get it done tonight. MLS playoffs. uh, They beat FC Dallas uh, this evening. So uh, Gonzaga, these guys have lit it up uh, so far. Gonzaga get West Virginia. And I'll tell you what, Huggins got himself quite a basketball team uh, this year as well. All you need to know about the respect factor for West Virginia is the fact that Gonzaga are only eight and a half point favorites uh, in this game. So we're going to break down that game uh, with McKinnis and more. Pete Annapolis steps up and in. We talk NBA basketball, of course. We've got the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll try to get you caught up to date as much as we can as far as the Ravens are concerned. But considering it's the middle of the night right now and I don't have the phone. A number of the um, head coach, uh, John Harbaugh. I don't have his uh, phone number of his hotel room. So I think we're going to be kind of have to wait until the morning and find out what they announce about who's in and who's out. I remember in the the old days, I used to have a producer um, that was psychotic and would be willing to cold call anybody. Except cold calls are not a good way to go. All right. Cold calls could be, you know, you can cold call someone once in a while. When I say cold call, like, if I told, like, the crew right now, listen, I need you to call Martim Brodeur right now, live. You need his opinion on something. Like, you don't know him, or you're calling him at 1 in the morning, but do it. <laughs> do it. Hey, that anger management class, Andrew McCannis, wager talk. Raven Steelers, bring it. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef.
0: And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood...
2: Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe morenzi Rage all you want.
1: Go on, you stupid horse. I got my last ten bucks on you. No, don't look at me. Run. No, don't come over here. Oh,
2: uh, Oh, boy. Lake Night Anger management class level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Marenzi. Shout out to Rico. uh, Kicking it. The Rico Act in the house in Toronto. Home of the Raptors. Like Big Will uh, throwing it down. Big Will uh, wondering how come the Raptors aren't playing on Christmas Day. Because uh, the Raptors are no longer the defending champions. And the NBA, ESPN, TNT no longer have to uh, acknowledge that they exist. (laughs) All right. Uh, Right now. That's why they're not on Christmas Day. And quite frankly, they sucked on Christmas Day uh, last time. All right. Uh, So shout out to Deerslayer as well. James McInnes kicking it in Australia. Lisa in Oklahoma. We're going global. Andrew McInnes steps up and in wager talk, sports memo. In the house, we had Steve Merrill on earlier. Let's bring in uh, McInnes, who I saw over the weekend was uh, lighting it up with his NFL props. NFL props you've taken a uh, a um, a page out of my playbook uh McInnes. I see you're really becoming a fan of the quarterback completion props uh, this year
0: yeah good it's good to talk with you Gabe it's in one of those things where you know um you find a trend and you stick with it and I know that you've done that exact same thing with the punting props so it's kind of what I found with these completion props and uh it's good because you can find either a successful strategy with a with a team you expect to win or a team you expect to lose. You know, I've been taking a lot of teams where, remember when Danucci was playing for the Cowboys? I mean, I cashed that guy's completions over, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, no, I like your style, McAnon. And you know what? Listen, I, one thing from experience with these props, they change. Because I'm sure you, you notice, right? I'm sure you're like, oh, Freaky. man, I used, to, I used to get this guy at 22 and a half, and now he's 24 and a half. Now he's 25 and a half. They, especially at this time of the year, they're, the books have adjusted the prop numbers a lot. So you sort of get hot with a prop and you're going to have to find a new one uh, to find uh, after the fact. But listen, man, I like the quarterback completion one. I haven't been doing it as much uh, this year, actually. I don't know why. I you know the numbers are, are, like I said, I get scared off by some of the numbers. They're always so tight. But you're right about the 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 worse the quarterback, the better. You know what I mean? Or at least like, Even Lamar Jackson, not that he's not good, but I remember I took Lamar a couple of weeks ago over 16 and a half was the Patriot game. 16 and a half completions. Dude, he was like 14 and 19 at the half, right? And in the first half, it was too low. Uh, What other props have you been hitting? What other, like, uh, besides the quarterback completion prop, what else has been your favorite props?
0: Yeah, one thing I'm looking at is at at a big part. um, An example I'll use is Kareem Hunt. So obviously... Cleveland um, they're huge huge rush heavy obviously Chubb has been amazing as well but looking at a guy like Kareem Hunt looking at secondary running backs just because you're getting that great number still a lot lower than you're going to get with that RB1 Um, and a lot of these teams these days the more and more we're seeing with the NFL these secondary options are getting just as many rushes or close to that same amount of numbers uh, of attempts however that number is like 25 35 40 yards less uh, and I think it's a great opportunity there Um, we're doing a prop it up show on wager talk and Gabe, and a lot of times we're talking about receptions versus yards. Um, and I'm finding that really interesting. Look at a guy like, uh, a lot of the guys in the chat right now are talking about Will Fuller. He's a guy where I would say he's a yards guy, not anymore, uh, over the next couple of weeks, obviously, but looking at the yards versus the receptions and certain guys, you know, are going to get maybe two or three catches but they're going to be for, you know, a huge distance or a touchdown prop. I heard you talking about it the other day on your show about Mike Evans. He's a guy, he might get two or three receptions. One of those might be in the red zone. So just looking at, looking on narrowing in on those type of props and, uh, you know, trying to find the best value. What, What about you, Gabe? I mean, do you ever really care about the price when it comes to those props, whether it's the touchdown props or the receptions, or is it just the bet that you're getting you care the most about?
2: Yeah, you know, but like I said, the price changes. A good example is, I really think, McKinnis, you attack the props earlier in the year, um, or at least you keep adapting, right, to the—because, look, a good example is, like, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, earlier in the year, McKinnis, he was minus 140 to score a touchdown, minus 125, minus 130, you know, basically. And he scored touchdowns, bro, in the first five games of the year, six games of the year. And he got hurt. When he came back, it was minus 300. Can't bet that. I'm not betting on minus 300 to score a touchdown. Listen, the touchdown prop is an interesting debate, actually. uh, About a a touchdown prop, are you swinging for the fences? Are you looking for value for that? Hey, listen, no, like, like, look nobody thought David Moore was going to score a touchdown last night, but that was the first touchdown score of the game, right? David Moore. Nobody had that. But, like, you know, like if you're getting plus money, and a good example is look for tomorrow, actually, McKinnis with um, with Baltimore, all right? Nobody wants a piece of Baltimore, Baltimore COVID this, uh, RG3 that. If you look, every one of their players, you're getting pretty good value to score a touchdown. Gus Edwards, plus 175. Dobbins, plus 175. Mark Ingram, plus 175. Uh, Justice Hill, plus 360. RG3, plus 360. Marquise Brown, plus 380. Pretty big numbers, right? For for so they're basically staying. They don't think they're going to score a touchdown. Almost McKinnis. So to me, you know, you look at that. It's pretty pretty good. Uh, pretty good value with the Baltimore touchdown props here. Now that the key is picking who's going to score a touchdown.
0: Definitely, you know, I think there's two different options you look at when you're looking at anytime touchdown scores. It's either um, pick a few guys and, and pick the the value. Um, you know, I had uh, Amari Cooper to score a touchdown the other day. Got that huge uh, long bomb pass where he turned into a touchdown. I also had Lamb with him, and so you can you can pick a few teams where they're expecting not a lot of touchdowns and uh, get some great value. But another one that I'm looking at, Gabe, is kind of the exact opposite, where it's not really the value you're looking at, but just you know you're going to get touchdowns. If you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and a lot of their games, you bet Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill to get a touchdown, how many times this year yeah, are you getting two out of three yeah. of those?
2: Yeah. Right? And honestly, another, another and, thing, Dennis, is, and I know it seems bold and stuff, but how many times has Tyreek Hill scored in more than one touchdown? So you just sort of take a swing for the fences, the, the old two or more touchdowns, right? But you're right with the Chiefs. You know, that's why I said, and I didn't take everybody – uh, it, right again, I was on the air before the buck game, and I said, listen, Tyreek Hill scores touchdowns, Mike Evans scores touchdowns, but you're exactly right. Between the Fresh Prince of Hilaire, between uh, between Hill and Kelsey, once in a while they'll mix it up. Hardman might score every now and then. Watkins has been out of the equation recently, but I can't disagree with your theory at all. And on For the record, here's RG3 passing yards, 165 and a half. That's lower than Bendinucci's numbers were. Ben DiNucci was like 192 or 180 something like that. Wow. RG3 rushing yards, 27 and a half. Let's find RG3 uh completions. RG3 come oh dear God. You're gonna like this one, McKinnis. 14 and a half. <laughs> 14 and wow. a half. Wow. I didn't think it. Did you think I didn't think it'd be that low? Like, they're, that's like Kendall Hinton-like numbers. Like, 14 and a half, bro. Wow. Like, they're acting like RG3 to- is, like, dead or something. Like, he's he's not that bad, guys. Like, I don't know if people – I know there's some younger people out there, but we're talking about a guy who was a mega star, and there's a reason why he's still in the league. You know, he's not just there because of his name. He can obviously play. They wouldn't have him as the backup quarterback uh, if he couldn't after all these years, and he's held people off and beaten other people, like, on the depth chart and stuff for this job. 14 and a half. Do you like the over, McKinnis?
0: I would take it. It's a low number.
2: It's almost one of these deals, whether you like it or not, you almost have to take it because it's so low. We were just talking about these low numbers. 14 and a half. Well, Ben, well, you know- for the record, Ben Roethlisberger, hold on, we're going to a break. We'll just get your thoughts on the other side here. But uh, Roethlisberger's completion prop is 25 and a half. And I never win when I bet anything under, man. But, dude, is he really completing 26 passes? They're going to run the ball a lot and stuff. The D-line of Baltimore is beaten up. They're going to run the ball a lot. The physical game, they have to play again on Monday or Tuesday, whatever the hell it is, Monday against Washington. Late night anger management class continues, bring it.
1: So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Morenzi
1: got some bad news for you.
0: Uh, now Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million dollar game? Who? Who? Honey... The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded.
1: What is it? Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor.
2: Late night anger management class. Wager talk in the house. Sports memo. Andrew McCann is throwing it down uh, with us. So we've got Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, WAF. Hashtag WAF, uh, as I'm calling it. Uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, football. Unique uh, situation, obviously. Um, Pittsburgh going to play Washington on Monday now. So that's another thing, McCannis. So, But, you know, like I said about... Like Ben Roethlisberger, are you ready to pull the trigger on Ben Roethlisberger uh, over twenty-five and a half completions in a game that has such a low total? In a game that they're playing another game on Monday, Wednesday, Monday, division rival, they could be up if Baltimore like is depleted by COVID. Pittsburgh could be up and just run the ball a lot. You know, I you know I'm thinking, and also. If they're ten point underdogs, if you're just going by this script here, RG3 is going to be playing from behind. So therefore, he would dinks and dunks. I'm not saying he's going to be completing a million bombs, but you know, drop off dinks and dunks, bubble screens, etc. Playing from behind, 14 and a half completions is not a lot. And Ben Roethlisberger, 25 and a half, 25 and a half feels like a lot to me. What's your take on the Ben Roethlisberger one, McInnes?
0: I'm telling you, man, it's one of those things where I, I'm in the exact same boat as you, Gabe, and I've thought the exact same way over the past several weeks. But uh, like you said, sometimes you have to change your way of thinking a little bit, and uh, you know the numbers change and things like that. And I'm actually going to start looking a little bit more on the teams that I think are going to win the game, and and I'm still going to follow that same strategy sometimes with the completions or maybe even the yards with the losing team, but. Let's face it. I mean, the other side of it, just just to just to play devil's advocate a little bit, is is how is that team going to win? You know, they're expected to win by so much. How are they going to get there? You know, they're going to have to get there by having some big plays, some big throws. Pittsburgh's, you know, last game, thirty-two completions for Big Ben. He throws three, a lot. Yeah. Thirty completions. You know, that's that's the thing. And I'm not trying to disagree with you. It's more so just one of those things where we got to ask I ourselves: know. Yes, the opposition is going to be down. But how is that team going to get up, you know? And maybe they are going to run the at, ball late in the fourth
2: quarter, right? Look at the Cleveland game when they won 38-7, 14 of 22. You're right. like. But the thing is, if you look at his completions, and look, he's gone over 25 and a half in four of the last six games, guys, okay? But they're all really close games, 27-24, uh, 28-24. And look at this, McKinnis against Baltimore, 21-32. 182 yards. Right. He actually had his, um, you know, his one of his lower statistical games. You can't call it his, the worst game because they won. And he didn't have a big stack game against the Browns, but it was a blowout. They just ran the ball all day. But so, you know, he completed 21 passes last time to play. But you're right. It's not like it's 28 and a half or 29 and a half. Like he could get to 26, even if it is a blowout and they run the ball a lot. I get it.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't really play this angle too much. Um, as much as I'm like somebody that likes to say that, uh, players and teams are humans just like me and you are, and they get up for some games more than others. I think we can all agree on that. It seems to me like this Pittsburgh's team is pissed. You know, they're, they are ready to go. Um, they've been waiting on this game. The players, you you could call it what you want about how they're tweeting and, and talking smack about the NFL. But when it comes down to it, um, sometimes you like to see no mercy and, uh, I sure I've been learning that with college basketball. Uh, Some of these teams have no mercy. And uh, if this Pittsburgh team is ready to rock, uh, they will have no mercy for at least a large portion of that game. Um, So I'd look at that. And I think this could be a pretty good game here um, to look at some of the long, um, you know, longest uh, reception or something like that, or longest completion, even for Big Ben. Um, I, I could see a pretty you know, long toss. Um, and, and that's something I'd really expect. Um, th- this is one of those things where I think a lot of people are going to expect a lower scoring game. I like the over
2: here, Gabe. It's pretty low it's a total low number. Uh, it is. Uh, guys, this is the list here. So Broderick Washington, probable. Baltimore. Defensive tackle, Broderick Washington, probable. Linebacker, Jalen Ferguson, COVID, probable. Mark uh, Ingram, probable. JK Dobbins, probable. And then it gets just into the craziness. Guard, DJ Fluker, um, questionable. Uh, he's got a back injury, it's not even COVID. Will Holden, COVID, guard, questionable. So uh, Max Gura, guard, questionable. Guard, uh, McCurry, questionable, COVID. Defensive, uh, Jiha Ward, questionable. Derek Wolf, questionable. Um, like, uh, Pernell McPhee, COVID, questionable. Like, holy crap, McKinnis! it's it's really tough right now. And I'm not trying to cop out, but it's tough at this hour right now. And we're going to have to find out, like, you know, they, they announced about uh, 90 minutes before the game who's really in and who's out with this stuff. And, you know, they're taking tests and negatives and trying to get guys in if they can. But another thing, McKinnis is they haven't practiced at all. They weren't even allowed like they, they weren't even allowed around each other type thing, you know, due to them being forced to play the game. So you've got a bunch of new starters. you got a new quarterback. You haven't practiced. It's a weird, it's a tough spot. Like, it's got, you know, I can live with the over as well, but it's got to be Pittsburgh or pass. Like, ultimately, I'm trying to talk myself into Baltimore, but I just can't do it, McInnis. It's got to be Pittsburgh or pass.
0: I'm trying to look up the number right now, Gabe, but uh, it's loading up, but how about this? How does this appeal to you? For a defensive touchdown tomorrow, doesn't this game just scream sloppiness? I mean, I told you I like the over, but doesn't this game just scream sloppiness everywhere you go? I mean, talk about a touchdown prop. Uh, we're talking about value with these minus 120s or a plus whatever. Uh, Baltimore, defensive touchdown, uh, I'm not really too interested. Pittsburgh, defensive touchdown, plus 470. Not a bad number for a game I expect I know, to be but quite sloppy, uh, ill-prepared. But you're
2: assuming- but well, why wouldn't Baltimore be able to score too? Like, Baltimore's defense knows they're gonna have to try to make plays as well. You know what I mean? I guess so. And uh, and another thing is right. too, like you're talking sort like RG three is like Ben DiNucci or Carson Wentz that there's like oh he's gonna turn the ball over a million times. Like I you know I, I don't th- I don't assume that. Well, Tom Brady I, turns I the think, ball
0: over. He's Tom Brady. I'm not yeah. saying anything bad about quarterbacks throwing interceptions. Everyone no, no, throws I know. picks.
2: I know, but a pick, will RG3, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, listen, I, if, I'm not going to talk you out of it. It's probably going to hit now. And if you don't bet it, you're going to be like, freaking Moretzzi, I should have taken the bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, now you have to bet it. I, I was just going to say. <laughs> and I'll come back on just,
0: tomorrow night if it hits.
2: Yeah, instead of just discounting the other side, I'm saying, you know, you could bet, will there be a defensive special teams touchdown in the game? Not specifically a team, yeah. right, as well. And you're not going to get the 470. Right, right. You'll get plus 250 or something.
0: Yes, I agree with that.
2: So what? So you like the over? What about a side? You're going to stay away from the side here in this game?
0: I'm staying away, honestly. Um, you know, I, I I'd love to be able to come on here and, and give a side, but uh, I, I lo- I'll tell hard. you, I loved Pittsburgh at the number we were getting several days ago. Um, but I don't know if I'm willing to lay this number. Uh, this honestly feels like one that that it's going to be competitive. And then uh, it will be a couple, you know, game-changing plays in the end, and which is why I like the over. I think there's going to be some action in this one. And, uh, you know, obviously I'd, anyone is hoping there's going to be some action in this game as far as a, a Wednesday afternoon football game. But uh, it just has that appeal to me. Everybody thinks the line has moved. There's the injury list. There's moving the game again, moving the game again. It's going to be a boring game. I think it's going to be the complete opposite. And uh, what's the old saying that everyone always says? Play the number not the teams, just the, you know, I don't know how much people buy into that. I like using that sometimes, but I think it's a perfect, perfect spot here to say, hey, wow, this is a low total with these two teams. I mean, let's look at how many points Pittsburgh's putting up per game on their own, and this total is 42.
2: Yeah, they well, they played uh, they played uh, last month, and they put up 52, right? What was it, 28-24? Uh, Looking up the history here of these two teams in the past, you know, that's the thing too. You know, yeah, you have all this COVID stuff and you forgot all this, but it's still Baltimore and Pittsburgh as well. Like <laughs> you know what I mean, it's still Baltimore yeah, and sure. Pittsburgh. And you know, they're just they hate each other so much. There haven't been a ton of blowouts over the years, but this is a unique situation. Look, 28 24, 28 10, 26 23, 23 16. So they have played around around this number before, even when healthy. And now you throw in a fact it's a Wednesday afternoon, and I was wondering, if you know, the NFL, you figure it's always happened before, that there'd be a game on a Wednesday before, right? And it turns out there, um, there was. Um, there was in 2012, due to President Barack Obama, uh, speaking at the Democratic National Convention, they moved a the game from Thursday to a Wednesday. Uh, but it was the first time that they played a regular season game on a Wednesday in 64 years. So, uh, you know, we have a little, little bit of history uh, here. Hey, I don't mind some action here, McInnes. So listen, McInnes, I brought this up uh, earlier. We were talking about the NBA around the corner. What's the deal with the NHL? When's the NHL uh, officially starting? Every time I hear I I hear new start dates all the time. What's the deal with the NHL?
0: it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of lawyers getting involved. There's a lot of money deals. The problem is, and I've talked about this on your, on your show about? before with you. Is it's it the like money? money? It's like, Oh, cause it's, there's no fans it's, it's, and how much you guys are going to lose. Exactly. And all that type exactly. Stuff. Yeah. Because the viewership money is not nearly what it is in the NBA. Uh, like you've talked about on, on podcasts as well. And the thing is that people don't understand is that everyone calls these guys greedy. Right. Oh, they're being greedy. They don't want to play. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's your job, if it's my job, if it's the person down the street at the convenience store, they want to get paid what they were supposed to get paid. Um, and, and that's really the problem yep. right now is that it's not as easy as it seems to be. Um, and contract. Got a college basketball pick, though, for you. Uh, Bring on it. Side if you want.
2: All right. Yeah, all right. Hang in here. Good stuff, McKinnis. we got Gonzaga, West Virginia. I want to hit this NHL a little bit more as well because it's funny everybody...
0: Do you have a gambling problem? No, I, I enjoy it. It's a hobby.
2: <laughs> I enjoy it. It's a hobby. I don't know why Michael Jordan decided to do an interview before an NBA Finals game talking about, uh, talking about gambling. And the fact that he was wearing the shades and stuff was just too classic. But God bless Michael Jordan. Uh, maybe he's got a basketball team now, actually, with, uh, with LaMelo Ball and, uh, and Richie Cunningham. Gordon Hayward, and it that's pretty big. Uh, Andrew McCannis wager talk sports memo in the house with us. It's pretty big. I don't know if you saw. Gordon Hayward says he has no ill will towards the Boston Celtics. I'm thinking that's pretty pretty big of you, bro. Considering they gave you thirty four million dollars a year to do nothing for the last three years. <laughs> like no ill will. Like no ill. Yeah. What do you mean no ill will? Like why? Like oh no. When I saw that, I'm like, I'm like whoa whoa whoa. What do you mean you have no ill will? Like why would you have any ill will? We traded for your sorry ass. You broke your leg. You were never the same when you came back. You ruined our team chemistry. And you disappear, you disappear in big games. You've got no ill will? I I swear to God, man. It's like that guy, you Darvish. I'm a Dodger fan, you Darvish, like, ah, I gotta show the Dodgers. Show the Dodgers? You cost us a World Series. You started two games, you got lit up like a like a like a bong on the back of Snoop Dogg's tour bus. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna show the Dodgers after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck it. Screw you. So let me. We'll get to the college basketball, McKinnis. But just um, uh, McKinnis, big hockey fan, as we all are. Uh, McKinnis, great hockey capper. And you know, I was looking forward to the start of the NHL. I thought everything was smooth. Oh, I thought, oh, they're just good old Canadian boys that never complain and just want to play. And remember, McKinnis, it was funny because baseball players were son of a bitch bastards at the time. NBA players. NBA players take one day off in the Sky Falls, McKinnis. Oh, my God, they didn't play one day or for three days. And how dare they? I'm never watching again. They're so selfish. And everyone, like, remember even, um, like, um, even it if got into politics. Oh, look at these guys. They're not kneeling for the anthem. Yeah, because they're all from Canada and Europe, bro. <laughs> like, like, they don't. Like, NHL, what are they going to kneel for? They're on ice, right? They're not kneeling. But anyways, like NHL just got this. Like, NHL, and you know this, and you live in hockey land. So hockey players, it's like the Don Cherry stuff. A hockey player could be like a date rapist scumbag. But if he's wearing a suit, Don Cherry, oh, look at him. He's well-dressed, good Canadian boy, right? So hockey players got this. Like, every other athlete's a scumbag, uh, greedy, selfish. Hockey players play for the love of the game and want to win the Stanley Cup. Well, 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 McKinnis, here we are, buddy. <laughs> Where NHL players are like, <laughs> you know what? F you pay me, right? It's no different. It was just the timing, guys. It was just the timing of it. <laughs> NHL players are every as selfish and as greedy as every other athlete out there. All right? They might be tougher, yes. They might want to win more, yes. But there, every bit is greedy. <laughs> every bit is greedy, McKinnis. And I'm on their side, though. I don't blame the players in this stuff. They got to be reasonable. Yes, there's less money with the fans. But at the same point in time, if the owners make more money because they sell more tickets, the players don't get more money. So there's like... Exactly.
0: Exactly. You've got sort
2: of these trillionaire, billionaire guys saying, oh, help me out on this. It's like, dude... You would not help me out. And in fact, you'll cut me as soon as I suck. So I don't want to hear about woe is me. You know what I mean, McInnes? Like, I'm on the player side with this stuff, but the players also have to be reasonable. There is less revenue coming in. And one thing, as you stated, McInnes, and it's totally true. And guys, the NHL is unlike the NFL and the NBA. The NFL, as you see, the NFL doesn't have a fan in the stands. They're still going to make $9 billion this year. All right, the NBA lost 22% of their revenue. The NHL, you know this, McKinnis, teams count on ticket sales in the NHL. The TV money's good, but it's not mega good, right? So ticket revenue is big. So the owners do have something to negotiate here. You can't just say suck it to the owners, but there's got to be a common ground.
0: So here's what happened, actually. So I looked it up here. Alan Walsh, NHL agent, also a lawyer, uh, the players agreed to accept 72% of their contracts due to the pandemic. The yep. NHL owners can now, cannot now assert they don't like the deal uh, and demand $300, $300 million more from the players. So pretty much what's happening is I didn't realize. Oh, so i totally on clear. the player's side. They, totally on the player's side already. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was 72% they, they agreed 28%. to. You, and, yeah, already losing yeah, 28%. and now the owners want more. Yeah. Not now bad. the owners want more. So. And, and here's the thing, you talk, You made a great point because it's like a really big misconception that people think that, I, you know, I love hockey. I think I can talk hockey better than a lot of sports, but I actually grew up playing basketball. So you look at these yeah. hockey guys, right, growing up around Canadian cities. You've seen it in Montreal, you've seen it in Toronto, even where I'm from in, in East, East Canada. The hockey players get away with all of it. Everyone loves a good hockey player, a guy that gets on his shirt and tie, goes to the rink, you know, because <laughs> exactly. that's what you're supposed to do as a Canadian kid, right? Good for you. You have a shirt and tie on. Maybe you, you know, this most disrespectful guy in, in school, you know. So it's one of those things. But I, I wanted to ask you something because it's what you, it's really important what you said. I think a lot of people don't realize it's about hockey. Hockey has less casual fans than every other league. You either love it, or or you're or you're not. You know. I think you either would watch, you know, a Detroit Red Wings versus the Minnesota Wild or nothing because this is the thing i had somebody say to me well there would be just as big of a parade if the toronto maple Leafs won as there was with the uh the toronto raptors and it was the biggest joke that that i've ever heard because there's not nearly as many casual maple Leafs fans as there were with casual raptors fans would you agree with that i mean you're either a hard hockey fan or you're not a hockey fan at all
2: yeah you know what hockey the the hockey um It depends on the market, right? You look at a place like Las Vegas, hockey is new and it's booming, and it's sort of spiking upwards. But you look at Toronto, as you mentioned as an example, and I know because I lived there before. Dude, I used to get in taxis, and they always had the Raptor game on. They always had the Blue Jay game on. They never had the Leaf game on. And I remember, dude, like watching the changing of the guard and I was walking down the street, and all the sports bars had the NBA TNT game of the week on the big screen instead of the Leafs. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, it's like this is real." It's like, just like, and you know what? It's the it's the cultural demographic and stuff. Hockey's a niche sport. Let's just call it out for what it is, right? You know, in America, it's a very white sport. Um, in Canada, it's it's a sort of um, like like you said, basketball is way more popular than hockey. Like, if you look at the television ratings, it is this. Like, you know, jersey sales, et cetera, merchandise. I say it all the time, McInnes. Uh, You know, go to a local high school and, uh, you know, see what, what are kids wearing. You know, are they wearing Austin Matthew jerseys? Are they wearing New York Ranger jerseys? Or are they wearing Steph Curry jerseys and LeBron jerseys? And late, you know what I mean? Like, what's the young demographic into? Hockey is sort of like baseball in a sense. It's kind of an older crowd hockey. I mean, it's like it's an older crowd. It's a great sport, though, right? It's 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 great. The NHL does a terrible job reaching out to people, like they really do, you know. Because the NHL isn't, you know, it has a reputation. It is for white people and stuff, and it isn't. But the NHL doesn't do anything to try to change that perception, which is, you know, kind of embarrassing on their their half. Like NASCAR puts more work into it uh, than 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 the NHL. It uh, does, but it's a great sport, but that's, that's unbelievable. The owners want more, right? Oh, we want more. It's always, they always try to, because they always think, and, and you see this, McKinnis, all the time, and it sounds like you're more on the side of the players, but you see this all the time. Whenever this stuff happens, you'll see people on Twitter. I'm sure I'll find tweets right now talking into links about these stories that I work at Walmart for 15 bucks an hour. My grandfather worked at a coal mine. You know what I mean? And you're making $10 million a year. And you're upset that now, because what they'll do is that they're, the, the teams leaking. Well, instead of 10, he's going to make 8.8. And it's like, ah, oh, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, how dare you? You know, I work, I'm a truck driver. I work here. I bust my back in a factory. And I always say, it. I say, you're not as important. Like, you don't have the same skill. You know what I mean? That's why you're making what you're making. And they are—it's <laughs> supply and demand. No, it's true. You'll see that all the time, like they're equal. So, like, so what do you think, guys? So, well, you were getting high and you were getting laid and you were slacking off or doing whatever you're doing when you were a kid and you're a teenager, and now you have a an average job. And so, the guy that actually sacrificed everything in his life, grew up piss poor, um, you know, got beat up by, by a bunch of people a million times through hazing and this and that. Finally, he gets paid and only has a six or seven year window to make money, but he should do it for free since you have a crappy life, right, McKinnis? You know, like sports fans are so stupid, uh, and and the owners always know that they'll turn on the the fans will always turn on the players all the time. And the funny thing is, like, remember Lev Bell? Oh, how dare you, Lev Bell? You know, you're making sixty million dollars and you want eighty? That's disgusting. You suck. You're taking the side. You know the Pittsburgh Steelers have like $6 billion, right, guys? Like, to them, it's 10 cents, right? But it's amazing. People will always take the corporate side. It's nuts, McKinnis. People will always take the corporate side. But we could, we could rant about this all night. College basketball, big game tomorrow, Gonzaga and West Virginia, but you're looking under the radar at something else. What are you looking at? I know this is the time of the night that you normally dig in and start crunching the numbers, so what are you looking at right now?
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a late night guy. That's probably why I'm always watching your show, which is great. But uh, this is usually the time that I'm watching and, and the lines and taking a look at things. But one pick I do have is a uh, Tennessee tech, uh, taking on Xavier, Xavier, 22 and a half point favorites. They've been off to a pretty good start. Uh, pace to me is everything with totals. Uh, this team has a 10 second shot clock game. They've never even heard of a shot clock before. These guys are gonna rush to get a shot <laughs> off, um, and they won't. They, they literally don't care. They'll play iso ball right away. The opposite of team basketball. Um, there's no motion offense. It's just get there, find the open look. Uh, no looks a bad look with them. I think you know where I'm going here. Uh, I talked about it earlier with the football game tomorrow. With uh, betting a good number, we're seeing 138. You know, 138 here and a half. As this full game total, I'm not seeing too many uh, first half totals. I do recommend first halves a lot of the time uh, when it's games that are expected to be blowouts because, as you know, uh, games do die out, which also means the scoring and the pace dies out. Um, if it's available, if you see that tomorrow for all the viewers out there, uh, Tennessee Tech, Xavier, first half over. Do like the full game as well, though, at 138 and a 138.5. Uh, it's far too low of a total. Um, Tennessee Tech looking to be in bounce back mode here. They're not very good defensively. They've got a few guys that can score the ball. And uh, if I see a good pace that I like in this game, it'll be exactly what I want. And I think that's a great spot here for an over.
2: Great stuff, uh, Andrew. McInnis, All right, McInnis, great great stuff. Where can people find you online? WagerTalk Sports Memo, YouTube, WagerTalk uh, TV, and on Twitter, right?
0: Yeah, WagerTalk TV for all my uh, video content. Also, a uh, new channel we have now, Gabe, Free Sports Picks TV as well for some free sports picks uh, that we give out in all sports. uh, Just like two-minute videos on Twitter at The Guinness Picks. And a brand new NHL podcast in the works coming up.
2: All right. I can't wait till let likes us. Hope they work everything out and they drop the puck uh, here as uh, the owners need to shut up. That's quite a concession. The players have already lost 28%. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. Late night anger management class. All right, I really enjoyed that with the kid. It's nice to have him on the program. Wicked Wednesday is always great. Bano, Cam, Stewart. I tell you what, the quickest 120 minutes in sports is starting into the quickest 180 minutes in sports. Pete Annapolis still going to step up and in and join us. We'll take a look at some of these props for the Baltimore and Pittsburgh game. But, man, it's a tough one. It's a weird one. We'll take a look at the uh, the numbers. It's a weird week in the NFL this week as a whole, actually. You know, you got a lot of backup quarterbacks, a lot of games that are just going to be sort of blowouts, to be honest. And, you know, we, we, we've been talking about the NFC East a lot because it's one of the only, um, it's actually one of the only competitive, competitive divisions that you can still bet on. Uh, but it's crazy. I think five wins actually might win this thing. You know, it might be an exaggeration, six. I don't know. Can any of these teams get the six? I know they play each other, but how many times do they even play each other? So basically, like, everybody, and look, I'm out a crap week this week, uh, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, and the light at the end of the tunnel is betting against the NFC East teams. Like, how are any of these teams going to win this week? So the New York Giants have Colt McCoy, and uh, they're at Seattle. That's not going to end well for them. The Philadelphia Eagles blow as we know. They're going to Green Bay. All right. That's not going to end well for them. So, we'll take um you know, just add up this money line parlay essentially. The problem is as of right now, Washington and Pittsburgh is not on the board and Dallas and Baltimore are not on the board. So, the question is, Lamar Jackson going to be back for the um is he going to be back for the Dallas uh game? That game's now on Tuesday. That game's on Tuesday, but so look at the NFC East teams this week. So it's New York at Seattle. The Giants aren't winning that game. the The Eagles are at the Packers. They're in big trouble there. Washington is at Pittsburgh, and Dallas is at Baltimore. I would say maybe you can make an argument that maybe Dallas, because maybe Baltimore still have a ton of COVID cases, but yeah, yeah. Dallas are pretty putrid. Dallas are pretty putrid, alright, level three coming up. We'll get into NBA and more NFL. Late night and ring class continues to bring it.